Truly a tune that I'm very grateful there hasn't been a remake of. Don't know if you could do Hold the Line by Toto any better than this. That initial uh, drum sequence, Elite. Have I ever told you whenever, gosh, I was a little, I just graduated from college. Oh my gosh, this magnifies how old I am. And I was looking for this song for an intro. This was this was right as I was starting in radio. Okay. And I didn't really know how to use the system, and I didn't really know the name of the song, and I didn't really know the ba- – this was I, – I guess this was – this was before you could Google it up, Josh. Yeah, you had to have a cart, right? Right. Well, we had a computer system, but I didn't know the name of the song. So I had to go to the late, great Rick Allen West, and I'm like, Rick, I'm, I'm looking for this song, and I don't know who sings it, and I don't know what it's called. And Rick took a puff off his cigarette, and he goes, how the hell am I supposed to find it then? I'm like, I got you. It goes like this. You ready? And I go, Bow! Wow, wow, oh, wow, I was, wow. I was giving it all to him. And Rick and I got it. I mean, I, I miss Rick every day, believe it or not. He said, great oh, and he, and he looked Toto. at me. He looked at me, and he nodded, he smiled, and he goes, that's Toto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a great song, man. That's, I miss. Man, what a great feeling when you can uh, yes, just Toto. hum uh, the tune <laughs> to a song, and you, you do, in fact, solve the mystery. What a, yeah. what a pleasant uh, ending. Oh, gosh. All right, so a mystery of who sings Hold the Line was solved in late 1996, I believe that was. (laughs) In the meantime, uh, it is now 2024, and we owe you the top five stories of the day. Is there anything off the top, Josh, you want to hit before we hit the top five stories of the day? I can't think of anything more important than uh, Rick and Toto. Yeah, there you go. RIP, Rick Allen West, my guy. All right, here we go, top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All right, Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107, online at newcastlecasino.com. Brings you our top five stories of the day. So here we go with big story number five. Number five. We still have yet to have a head coach hired in the National Football League yet. But. We got a little bit more news yesterday, Josh Hellman. Uh, who are you? Josh Helmer. Because. Good mayo. Okay, dude, I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> that ham sandwich is calling my name as soon as this show is over. Um, do you like how the NFL does it where the team's websites will announce the coaching interviews? Yeah, I do. I mean, it gives us an idea, right, of who's in the mix. It And it definitely takes away the fun of trying to figure out tail numbers of private jets and things of that nature, right? You, uh, you pretty much, it's very simple to figure out who is and who isn't in the mix. There's a beauty in the unknown and, again, in the mystery solving department. Yes. But... Uh, Injecting clarity into the coaching search is is not bad either. Breaking news. Jim Harbaugh has interviewed for the Atlanta Falcons head coaching job. So Chargers, Falcons, is there another team he interviewed with too? Well, he was reportedly in the mix for the Raiders, but Mark Davis, 
Mark Davis has only interviewed three people so far, and I don't know if he's going to get an interview. Uh, he interviewed Chris Richard, the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks. He interviewed Antonio Pierce, the current head coach, and he interviewed Leslie Frazier, who I, I think Leslie Frazier was like out of football last year. So the Raiders can name a head coach any time. But there was rumors he would interview with the Raiders. As far as I know, he has not. These uh, other teams not named the Raiders, which sounds like Antonio Pierce, and, and good for him. I think he's earned it and deserves the gig. Seems like a, a great fit uh, culturally, just embodies. You hear everybody says that, right? He embodies right. sort of what the Raiders are all about. So throwing the Raiders out of the mix because it seems like maybe they're done and they're just imminently about to announce Antonio Pierce. I, everybody else? Are mm, they waiting up for in the, the air. Belichick Harbaugh dominoes? Now, we know this much. You've seen some guys, if you will, can I use the uh, cool kids term, Stan, for their coaches. T.J. Watt had this to say, because Mike Tomlin's future is somewhat up in the air. He said that he plans to coach in 2024, the Steelers, but you still don't know, right? Here's what T.J. Watt said about it. I want to play for Mike T. It was huge in my contract talks. Is I don't want to play for anybody other than Mike T., you guys understand and see in the way that I talk about how much I respect and appreciate him as a coach, as a man, as a leader. That's my endorsement for him. Mike T is Mike Tomlin. Uh, then you get Najee Harris on his opinion about whether or not Mike Tomlin should still be the head coach. You know, I have my opinions on things, but I'm just a player. But, you know, if you want to elevate and get where we're at, there's, there's got to be, you know, some in-house things that needs to change. I feel like in-house rules. Like not like not no changes in our coach like that. It's just the rules that, that are in the building that, you know, we gotta be more disciplined. We gotta be more we gotta be more committed. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. We don't want change. We just want some of the rules. In other words, we want y'all to be more committed. I think that's that now that does if I was an owner, I'm like, well the coach is kinda responsible for a set of rules, Najee Harris. But And we'll speaking see. of change, I'd like to add Baker Mayfield or another quarterback. Right, right. Um yeah, that's a that's a bit of a mess right now. You know, I had another thing for NFL, but let's just go ahead and stick with this right here. I mentioned I mentioned standing for a head coach, right? Uh, how about what Max Crosby had to say? It would be absolutely ridiculous and insane if we didn't bring back AP and give him an opportunity. I mean, like I said, we've already had the opportunity to do this, and we went, you know, we didn't stick with what we had, and you know, we we it all up. Yeah, hey, well said, bravo. Bravo. Uh, Sachia had done a tremendous job. They went the other direction and uh, hired a retread. It didn't work. Didn't work. And now fate has presented a, a similar path. And this time, get it right and give the job to Antonio Give it to the right guys. Uh, the Seahawks, you mentioned, so we haven't seen anything from any. I mean, the Titans haven't even really talked to anyone that we've heard or seen, right? Nor is Seattle, but I found this interesting from their general manager, John Schneider, yesterday. You know, we have a clear directive from Jody Allen moving forward as we embark on our new coaching search. It's clear. It's concise. You know, we want to keep our positive culture. What Everything that's been created here, uh, everything in this building, um, there's so many special people in this building. It's amazing to be on the phone with all these agents and the people that are interested in this position and to be able to explain to them, you know, like, hey, you know, there's a foundation here that's incredible. Who was that? John Schneider, the uh, Schneider, Schneider, Schmeider, Schmeider. John Schneider, the uh, GM of the Seahawks. He sounds like an interesting guy. Doesn't he? 
Uh, and then one more little piece of audio on the NFL. If you moved away from the coaching cycle and you went to the actual games that are being played, how about what Kyle Shanahan said about when he started prepping for the Green Bay Packers? We were already in here, so you know we were doing it that day. We had mixed in a little bit earlier in the week, you know, hitting up a couple of teams, but started really focusing on them halfway through the second quarter. <laughs> then they scored at the end of the second quarter, so I kind of did both at halftime. And <laughs> third quarter, I was set on one team. That, that's just got to rub it into the Cowboys even more. Like, yeah, you know, we started the second quarter, then Dallas scored right at the end of the first half, so we lurked on them a little bit more. Then by the third quarter, we were all in on the Green Bay Packers. So good. All right, um, are we only on five? All right, big story number four. Number four. So uh, we were talking a lot about the portal in hour two, 10 a.m. every single day, or, uh, up until Oklahoma gets its last portal edition about what's going on in the portal. Uh, heard from the Tennessee insider that said the rubber is about to meet the road because school starts on Tuesday for Tennessee. And how many reallys did he have? Really, 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 really good about Heard on his way to Tennessee, right? Don't think Oklahoma has given up. But the big news today is the 24-7 sports number one player in the portal is a new name, and that's Caleb Downs. According to... This little scouting, I guess you could say, Nugget. Downs is a million-dollar-plus player in the portal. Finished his true freshman campaign with 107 tackles, three-and-a-half TFLs, and two picks. Earned a spot on the all-freshman team, along with National All-American honors, one of college football's best overall safeties. By the way, the number two, these are available players in the portal. The number two player in the portal right now is, is Hurd. Jabbar Muhammad is third out of Washington. Amari Nyblack, the tight end from Alabama, is four. And Austin Mack, the backup quarterback from Washington, is five. Literally half of the best available players are either Washington or Alabama guys. Caleb Downs, uh, some of the other schools in the mix before Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Arkansas are the, the first teams listed. Mm. So, I mean, is he just going to – he's just going to – Go back home to Georgia. I saw a picture making the rounds last night that cracked me up. It said, um, <laughs> it said, find you someone that looks at you like Kirby Smart looks at Caleb Downs. And it was, it was a picture of Kirby Smart after the George Alabama game and Downs has his helmet off. And Kirby Smart is looking at him like it's a long-lost lover. I mean, he's just – his eyes are fixated on him. Like, oh, boy. That's the missing link right don't, there. Don't let him get him. I'd go I'd go off him a million dollars just to keep him away from – just to keep him away from Kirby Smart. Right. Uh, but as far as as we're concerned, yeah, we're on Lance Hurd watch, right? right? That's still where we are for Oklahoma. That's where we are until uh, there's some something final. All right, big story number three. Number three. They fought, they scratched, they clawed, they stayed in it late. Maybe, maybe, wait for it. All right. Dub along the right sideline, shovel feeds in the corner, Dort, who splits a double. Barrels inside, pump fakes, lays it up and lays it home. Lugens Dort bashing inside, has 19. And speaking of Dub. Dub straight away on man. 
Angles right on the dribble. Rises, fires. 18-foot jumper is up and in. So J-Dub continues his big night with 25, but Thunder needs stops. When did it go from being J-Dub to just Dub? I don't think I'm good with that, Josh. I need to know that it's J-Dub. Yeah, it's J-Dub. <laughs> I kind of like it, though. It gives a little bit of a different feel to it. Unfortunately, uh, Jalen Williams, Lou Dort, not enough for Oklahoma City last night. The final eight seconds roll off. The Clippers get a big-time win Ugh. against the top-two team in the West as they defeat Oklahoma City. 128-117. That makes me want to barf. Dude, that guy's voice. What's going on with that? That is that is so... What? 28, 117. How do you hire somebody like that? Then listen, I know, naturally, it's like, oh, you're going to hate on someone whenever you want the job. I don't want to live in L.A. I don't want to live in L.A. Uh, I, I would. <laughs> 128, 117, the final score. Okay, so he loses last night. I, um, I kind of thought it might be a tough little West Coast swing, but we're not done. Okay, so he will take on Utah. Um, let's see, what is today? Today is the 17th. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. There is a little breaking news. We've had a game postponed tonight in the NBA. Um, the Warriors-Jazz game has been postponed. Apparently there is some concern over the health of Warriors assistant Dejan Milojevic. He, uh, he suffered a sudden and serious health issue at a restaurant in Salt Lake City Tuesday night. He had traveled with the Warriors for the game against Utah. There were players and coaches dining together when the health episode occurred. Oh, man. The Warriors announced they would provide updates as appropriate. Uh, A well-regarded and popular coach of the NBA and international basketball communities, a 15-year professional playing career, so we'll keep our – it doesn't sound good, Josh, if they're canceling the game for tonight, but that's the latest on Dijon Milojevic. That sounds kind of like you may have had a heart attack last night. Oh, that's young too, dude, 46. Ugh. But we'll keep our fingers crossed that things work out okay. But no Jazz Warriors game tonight. Um, to big story number two. Number two. Oh. Speaking of cancellations, this is a very good text message. This is a very good text message off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Sir, ma'am, you need to give yourself a name because this is a great point from the 918. I announced that TCU has canceled games against Kansas State and Iowa State for Wednesday and Saturday, for tonight and tomorrow. The cancellations have occurred because of injuries within the TCU program. This question is a good one. How does that even happen? Can you not do like an open tryout for anyone currently enrolled and put them on the team as a walk-on for a couple of games? Great question. I don't know. I don't know. Because I kind of felt the same way. Now, I know that TCU, I've probably spent way much, way too much time on this already today. But I know TCU had announced that Jaden Owens, their standout, uh, Baylor transfer, she, she's been in college for like 10 years, uh, guard was out for the season, and they already were without Sedona Prince, who was injured as well too. But, I mean, I'm looking at their roster for 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. They still had 12 players. Brayon White is there too. She transferred from Oklahoma. 
but I guess too many injuries, and so their game against uh, their next two games are canceled. It won't count against their overall record, but it will count against their Big Twelve record. I have to think that the the team must just be sick, right? Yeah, there's got to be something related to that, right? It can't just be injuries. Well, if you got twelve players, you you got to go play the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, speaking of basketball, what a night last night in the Big 12, including Kansas State consistently having Baylor's number. And it's out front for Dennis. He will shoot it. It's no good. And the Wildcats have won another overtime game. Unbelievable as the coaches embrace at midcourt. Kansas State has shocked number nine Baylor. And they win it 68 to 64 in overtime. Bramlage, man. Bramlage. A Kansas State team that has gone through some adversity. Who was the uh who was their big that got booted? Naquan Tomlin. Yeah. And they all thought, oh no, that's causing problems. Has started Big 12 play three and one. You might question, all right, well, they beat UCF and West Virginia, and then they lost to a meh Texas Tech team. You beat Baylor at home. Um, that's a good team. And they're going to be a problem in the Big 12. They get Oklahoma State coming up this weekend. Meanwhile, uh, speaking of Oklahoma State, they continue to struggle. They get smoked by Kansas last night, 90-66. to In overtime, Cincinnati shocked TCU 81-77. to BYU beats Iowa State 87-72. to It gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Oklahoma at home tonight against West Virginia. Tip time is set for 7 p.m. Coming up, we'll go in-depth on the Mountaineers with head coach Porter Moser from his conversation this morning with T. Rowe and TJ. That's next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. I don't know, Josh. I think that's how I want to start the show from now on. I think that's what I want to do. I want to do the Bill Simmons impersonation of Pat McAfee to start the show <laughs> every single the day. Oh, do you? I, I think he cusses at one point. I'll make sure well, to get out. Just play the very beginning part that we were listening to. So, uh, for those that uh, don't follow Awful Announcing, I guess I don't follow them. I guess they, they show up in my feed because I have them under, like, media news. I probably should follow them, it's, shouldn't uh, I? It, anymore, it basically is uh, – I mean, it's not sports business journal, but it's a lot of news on, well, the broadcasting industry. So Dude, it's almost a news source now. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is this is why I'm starting the show. This is Bill Simmons' podcast. And Garrett, and just repeat. What well, McAfee's created a new version of how to do this. Uh-oh. Yeah. Why, uh-oh? I don't know. Well, we're not allowed to talk about Pat McAfee? Let's do it. I don't know. He starts the show and it'd be like, Cowboys, bro, I don't know, man. I don't know. What's going on there, bro? And then it cuts to his three people. Right. And then they'll be like, well, I don't know. And then they'll go back to him and say, it's not good, bro. Not good. Not keep an eye on that, bro. Yeah. Two of them are looking to take their first cigarette break. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Oklahoma, bro. I don't, what's going on there, bro? With the NIL, bro. It's not good, bro. Not good, bro. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's not Lance Hurd? Nah. Not good, bro. Not not, not good. good. Tennessee? Yeah. Not good, bro. Not good. I love I love the mention that he has. And then it cuts to his three guys. The the that is one thing that drives me nuts about the McAfee show is it's like jump cut, jump cut, jump cut. It's yeah. like back and forth. You like a roller coaster. I don't know on. who's who on the show either. I don't know any of those people outside of AJ Hawk. 
the, that's the, the only person I know. The one the one guy that's an Iowa fan uh, is pretty entertaining. Is he? I I, I watch. I mean. For, for goodness sakes, if anything, that McAfee did getting pushed to ESPN, the show is always on, man. I'm sitting last night after the Thunder game trying to wind down, and the Pat McAfee show is on ESPNU. It's like, what are you guys doing? Tonight, the Oklahoma Sooners square off against West Virginia, 7 o'clock with a tip inside the Lloyd Noble Center. This morning, Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners, caught up with Porter Moser and asked him what he thought of looking back on the Kansas loss in I almost said Manhattan, in Lawrence's past weekend? You know, uh, not the outcome we wanted. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, I'm not, uh, th- th- that's for sure. Um, you know, we obviously, it's going to be tough weeks every every week. And, uh, you know, I, we got to be better in certain areas. Um, and that's what we're addressing. Um, you know, I think you're playing these elite teams. You got You can't lose track of the little things on both ends. The little things on offense, the little things on defense. And, uh, you know, for instance, like at TCU, we had four, four broken ball screen coverages that just led to a layup going right down the middle. And uh, those, those, are, those are things on those environments. You've got your communication has got to be so high. Um, but we've got to bounce back. I mean, you've got to come back. You, we've said it after wins. You can't get too high. You can't do low. You just got to go, where can you get better? Have this relentless pursuit to get better and mentally – be ready for the next one. And uh, I feel like our guys have, since the Kansas game, have, have really had some, you know, getting back to it. They're disappointed. Unequivocally, they're disappointed. We went into those games expecting to win. We didn't. Now we got, we got West Virginia tonight. We got to go after it. There you go. Speaking of West Virginia, did I mention Josh? 7 o'clock tonight with the opening tip. Uh, Toby asked Porter kind of the expectation for West Virginia and what he sees from the Mountaineers. And it just, like three breakdowns and uh, you can't have them like three in a row like that. And I think, you know, they, they saw it, we watched it, we talked about it and we moved on. And uh, I think, I believe your boy queued up the wrong part. So uh, Josh is, is, was one of uh, coach Huggins assistants. So he's, he's not far from the tree in terms of they're tough. They are playing super physical. Um, obviously they just beat Texas last game and they just got, they really played hard and, but they got really good guards, and they got tough big kids. Their guards, they got two guards eligible the last six games from this double transfer rule, which is a whole other radio interview for me if you want to talk about it and get me fired up. You know, they, they told us we were not going to – unequivocally, no way we we're going to allow double transfers. And then all of a sudden they did. And our next two games will be facing a number of them. But uh, Raycon Battle and Farrakhan, North Farrakhan, are two guys that just became – eligible through the NCA and one's averaging 21, the other one's averaging 12. So it changed them. It changed them. They're, they're, they really can score the guards. Kirk Carissa is a transfer from Arizona. A lot of people taught him as the number one transfer guard in the country. He can really pass. Like, I mean, really pass. You, you can't let him get going downhill. He finds guys. Their bigs are really tough kids. Um, they're going to get after you. But we've really got to stop their guards. Their guards can go one-on-one. They do go one-on-one, and uh, they can really score. They're um, a very beatable team. But unfortunately, Josh, it seems like they're kind of getting hot at the right time. They beat Texas over the weekend. Uh, you heard Coach mention they've got a couple of guys that they didn't think were going to be eligible, and then lo and behold, boom, they get them. So, 
Good luck. Good luck, Oklahoma. We need that dub tonight. I'd like to see him take care of business. Uh, question. Do you think now or later would be the good time to really dive into that double transfer conversation that Porter was just talking about? Let's dive into it. What are okay. your thoughts? I think I think it's one of the great – what's the best way to put this? It's one of the great, great swerves that happens. You don't, you don't watch wrestling like I do. Um, and, and, I, and I won't lie to you, I don't watch as much as I used to. Uh, my kids aren't into it, and I don't really think that I have the amount of free time that I feel like I do to just sit around and watch AEW or WWE. But a swerve is where, like, all of a sudden, the, the good guy, the good guy, and he's got everyone's back, and then all of a sudden he hits the other good guy in the back with a chair and he becomes a bad guy. Swerve, bro, swerve. I feel like this is one of the great swerves that's out there within the NCAA uh, and maybe the media and maybe coaches. And here's why. The NCAA hears from its member institutions that they don't want to allow second transfers. And by that, when I say double transfers, that means you transfer more than once, right? So you get your one free transfer. Immediately eligible too, right? Yeah, yeah. And you get that second transfer where you're eligible right away. See – when the NCAA started, when I so when I say double transfers, when Porter bring a Porter Porter brings that up, that's what he means. He's like you transfer once and then you're able to transfer again without sitting out. Because the rule was one free transfer, and then uh, there's an article coming out in Boyd Street all about this. You can read about it. But when you when when COVID hit, they allowed basically craziness, right? You can transfer as many times as you want. Well, the NCAA because they constantly heard from their member institutions. We don't want double. We don't want guys to be able to transfer twice without having to sit out. It's just, it, it, guys, it's it's unfair. It messes with rosters. This isn't something that's going to happen. It shouldn't happen. But then, Josh, you get a guy where the NCAA stands up and says, "You're not eligible. You got to sit out. You got to sit out. You could lose an eligibility year of eligibility if you play." The NCAA is, is – I'm not necessarily standing up for it, but I, I guess it might sound like I am. The NCAA is basically saying, we're going to enforce what you've been telling us to enforce, and then here's where the swerve comes in. There's a school or two that's like, how dare you? West Virginia, North Carolina, and football. Um, it, 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 it happened – there was another school in football. And what happens? Everyone piles on the NCAA. You're tone deaf. How dare you not follow this? What are you doing? You're keeping these kids off the court. You're trying to make them pay. They're only trying to do the job that they had been challenged to do from their constituents during the offseason. And could there be extenuating circumstances? Absolutely. Absolutely there can. But in some instances, it's the extenuating circumstances. Yeah, he's really good. We want him to play for us. You know, I just... It's one of those ways to where, like the NCAA, I say this a lot, they're, they're damned if they do it, they're damned if they don't. That's just the reality of it. And you want to try to stand up, and I'm sure Charlie Baker feels this way. He's like, you guys tell us that you don't want this. And then all of a sudden they enforce it, Josh, and the next thing you know, everyone's screaming bloody murder that you're not letting a guy be eligible. And that's what's happened in West Virginia. Now, to West Virginia's credit, 
they didn't give up the fight. They went to a local judge and they got the uh, they got the stay. And then with the stay, the NCAA is like, all right, whatever. If you guys are going to fight us in court, just just basically don't don't complain to us. Don't complain to us about enforcing these two time transfers without sitting out a year. If all you're going to do is fight us in court. And so they just have kind of, it's the one time where with the NCAA, I kind of look at it. I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it why you guys wouldn't be happy about that. It's easy, Josh, to scream. The NCAA is stupid. They're a bunch of morons. They don't care. But in this instance, in this instance, I see, I get it. It's like, oh, I can understand when you're frustrated with that. Because like Porter said, all they've been told is you're not going to be allowed to have a second transfer, be eligible right away. Just not going to happen. Not a second time. Like, for instance, if if you would transfer to Oklahoma and then you're going to transfer to Texas or whatever, right? You just, you're not going to be eligible for that first year at Texas. you got to sit out a year. There's no deterrent nope. <laughs> to transferring. I mean, it's just transfer. No, no big deal. And uh, obviously, if you had what coaches wanted, there, there would be some guys that stuck around longer sure. because they don't want to sit out the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's a good point, Sean writes. He goes, the point being the NCAA isn't deserving of much of its animosity. It's the member institutions. It's correct. And then the 918 writes, who needs the NCAA when we've got the federal government to run it? That's right. They're going to hey, fix it. Do, does the NCAA deserve some criticism? Absolutely. But in a lot of ways, the NCAA is just acting on what, they're basically challenged to do or told to do. And they're like the Roger Goodell. They'll let you tell them that they suck <laughs> because they're just, they're taking the salvos for everyone else. Uh, quick break. Sorry. I didn't mean to get off on that, but it, I'm, it, it's cracked me up and in diving into this, Josh, and really studying it. You know, the West Virginia story might be, you know, the most prominent one. And if you were to have a West Virginia fan on here to, to debate it, they would talk about the extenuating circumstances that uh, that basically allowed the opportunity to be there for Raekwon Battle and uh, Farrakhan. You know, it's like, well, wait a minute, hold on a second here. They have this, this, and this that was going against them. But at the core of it, the NCAA had been challenged to not allow this to happen. <laughs> so what do you do? All right, quick break. Uh, best of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line from a full day of conversations next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Hour number three, we're back, baby. Just like we said we'd be back. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Chris Plank. Hour number three presented by Moppin Roofing and Construction. They got you covered, Oklahoma. Give Bob Moppin and his team a call, 405-703-3843. Moppin Roofing, a full-service company, family-owned and operated with over 35 years of experience. couple of texts, then let's uh, hit up the phone lines where Bama Tom awaits, I'm sure, to uh, run victory laps around all of us with the hiring of uh, Kalen DeBoer. That's right. The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Derek uh, writes us and says, a lot of schools have requirements that the last amount of required hours have to come from that school. How are these transfers getting these degrees? I don't know. Degrees. I have. I have no idea. I ain't come to play no school. I didn't come to college to play no school. But uh, I now I have heard. 
Did we talk about this on the show yesterday? There was <laughs> It's at, a new day. Just act like we didn't. Okay, no, no. You know what? I know. I know where I heard this. There has been a handful of guys who wanted to go to certain places, but they didn't have, like grad transfers, like Grayson McCall, who wanted to go to a school and they didn't have, I think he was like majoring in something aquatic because, right, he wanted to work, you know, around water. He wanted to be on the beach once he graduated from college. He was a good quarterback. And when he wanted to transfer to this SEC school, they didn't have it. And so he he stayed at Coastal Carolina. So I, I, I have heard of things like that, but it's a good question. I, I, I feel like they always seem to find a way. And now I think Grayson is what, North Carolina State going there for his final season? I think that's right. I think not, that's right. Not, not a bad pickup for them. Mm. All right, where do you want to go next? One more, 405. It's uh, not going to be the same tonight without Bob Huggins screaming on the sidelines. Oh, my gosh. So true. So true. Great point. Bama Tom, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, hey guys, hope you had a good new year. No, I'm not I'm not running laps. I mean, in my process to convert you to be a Bama fan, <laughs> I have immense humility, meekness, and absolute gratitude for what Saban, Stalling, Bear Bryant, Wade Wallace have all done for our program. Just very grateful. But what I was thinking about when you were talking about the NCA is I have a we email each other, dear presumed cousin, and he has the same first name and last name, and we're both 100% virtually 100% Irish. But he's a prosecutor for the NCAA, hmm. and he's like my Irish lawyer. I'm a criminal defense lawyer. He's a prosecutor like doppelganger. And that is so hilarious as you're talking about that. I'm thinking of my presumed cousin, Thomas, and when we would email each other, we'd say, dear presumed cousin. <laughs> so anyway, that was pretty funny. But no, I was just thinking the other thought is, man, did Michigan dominate the hell out of our O&D line? Oh, my gosh, I felt like I was watching Michigan play an eighth-grade team. And yet, you oh, know what? So... One stop late. and could have been, been there. Could have been uh, right, Saban right now with it, another natty. It, isn't it suspicious that uh, that Saban bought that house and then all season was too calm to the media and to his players? Like, what's up with that now we know? I think he possibly decided to retire last summer and just was enjoying the ride and being grateful, and he knew his team didn't have it. So why get on and yell, and he's moving on? So I just I just think he reached that point where just imagine if he didn't have the NIL in the transfer portal, he might have gone on the same way another 10 years. But I, I think the NIL transfer portal, it just adds. It's not that he couldn't do it. It's just another layer of complexity. And, like, I've been practicing law for 31 years. I'll practice law another 31 years. I don't think anyone likes practicing more than than what I do with what I do for a living. But at the same time, at the same time, you know, um, I think he was done. I think he's earned it. And I think he he should be given a good retirement. But I'm very grateful and appreciative. I'm grateful for the OU coaches, Barry Switzer, uh, Wilkinson, Stoops. Good coaches are good coaches. And just think what a great country you live in, the great sport of football and to have such a blessed set of commentators. This is a great life anyway. 
Roll Tide, God bless, and I'm out. I can't believe he didn't mention the Packers. I know. What a missed opportunity. Uh, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line with the instant reaction. 5808 writes, I didn't have grateful for Gene Stallings on my Plank Show bingo card today. Well done. <laughs> Spence writes, Bama fan in shambles post Saban era, not off to a good start. And then Jesse G, who's been on fire the last few days. Funny, I call Brad Pitt my dear presumed cousin, but he does not reciprocate. What's up with that? It what makes is no up sense. with that? The uh, – NIL transfer portal, was it a factor for Saban? We're just going to have to wait, right, for him to answer that question. Maybe he'll say, yes, it was, on a college game day near us eventually sometime soon. But we do know this, where we stand today, right? He said as much that this season took a lot out of him in Mm -hmm. his sit-down with Reese. And uh, whether that was coaching the season itself in combination with the transfer portal and name-image likeness before it, all of those factors, he just was at the point where he felt like – so Bama Tom, I guess what I'm saying is, can sit there and say, hey, he was just enjoying the ride. Well, listening to Nick Saban, it sounds like he did not enjoy the ride this season. That's why he stepped away. Yeah, exactly. And and if you were to – everyone can have their opinion on it, right? But according to Ryan Fowler, when he came on with us, now, now again, Ryan came on the day after it happened. I mean, he was on with us, I think Nick announced on a Wednesday, and he was on with us on Thursday, or maybe it was Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. Um, every day runs together. And he said he absolutely thought NIL was the reason. He absolutely thought he was. So we'll, we'll see. We'll monitor it. We'll see if Nick Saban ever fesses up. But right now, Right now, Josh Helmer, we know he's not going to be the head coach at Alabama next year. And that makes me feel a little bit better about things. All right, quick break. When we come back, a new name to add to the transfer portal from Alabama, a story that was near and dear to my heart, and bless her heart. All three to put a wrap on this edition of The Plank Show next. All right, Josh, let's start with the breaking news in the portal. And this might keep you busy today. Are you ready? Yeah. Caden Proctor is in the portal. Yeah, it it will keep me busy. (laughs) That's first order of business. The Alabama left tackle intends to enter the transfer portal. He was the top recruit, flipped his commitment from Iowa to Alabama. Iowa guy had a huge, huge season, ranked second nationally among all true freshmen starting offensive linemen. I know everyone in Oklahoma might be salivating a bit, but let's also remember deep ties to the Iowa program too. Yeah, and uh, this this is going to be a fascinating development because there's already multiple predictions that have come in favoring him to mm-hmm. transfer to Iowa. It didn't really end great when he you know flipped from Iowa to Alabama, which that's right. Go figure, five star recruit <laughs> that's an in state guy flips to Alabama, and the ending didn't didn't go great from the fan base. But the fact that he would come home, it's I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not the same level of Kevin Durant, but I'm telling you, there was some legitimate like nasty venom yeah. when he flipped his commitment. So I'm surprised that he would, uh, even after all of that, would maybe pick Iowa. To me, is a little bit surprising. Part two. Of our Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts, primrosefuneralservice.com. Bless her heart. Coach, uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures <coughs> we tend to talk to. 
any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. I don't. Um, no, nothing. How does that happen? Uh, and the answer to that question, Coach Bowles, was no. no. The, uh, she did not know that. It's, I feel so bad. You're trying to, I mean, got to be more educated, though, right? Uh, I get it, can't, man. Can't ask a silly question and not expect to get dunked on a little bit. They threw some probably news reporter in there to go cover it. She thinks she's got a, a banger of a question, and that happens. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I really – you know, look, you got to be more prepared. I get all that, but I really feel bad for her. Then there is this. This is an older story, and I only got a minute. A mom who was fed up with a student stealing her daughter's lunch decided that she would put laxatives in the lunch, order her daughter not to eat it, and then obviously have the person who's stealing the lunch pay the price. Do you have a problem with this? Yes, that's psychotic. Okay. I got a problem with that. Are you well, kidding me? Someone had been stealing your lunch, and the teachers didn't do anything about it. So she was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to take action. In. I'm taking my own action. <laughs> Play stupid. What is it? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So what? what's the deal? Did we find out the culprit eventually? Oh, yeah, yeah. There was uh, There was a dude who found himself in the bathroom quite a bit. But... Uh, dangerous stunt. Mm. Dangerous stunt to pull. Might well, be a little bit better just to continue to tell the teachers. Yeah, I guess if it's uh, an ongoing issue of theft, then maybe that is an appropriate reaction. <laughs> All right, y'all have a great rest of your day. Make sure to check out PrimroseFuneralService.com. They always bring you our final thoughts. And our man Steelman and Thune are coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.